Episode 3, Servant Leadership, featuring Rudy Perez. Welcome to the Educational Leadership Podcast um, with Principal JL, and I am your host, Jeff Linden. Today, we have um, longtime Principal Rudy Perez. So Rudy Perez has been the principal for the past three years as a, at Arapahoe Public Schools. Um, he's currently the pre-K through 12th grade principal, um, but will um, become next year the 712 activities director of Arapahoe Public Schools because they added a new administrator um, just for next year. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then Rudy's uh, spent a lot of his time as an educational leader in Kansas. Um, so he's been 22 years total as an educational leader and 29 years total in education. Um, Rudy has a long line of accomplishments. He's been the assistant principal of the year, principal of the year, outstanding administrator of the year by KWCA Professional Standards Board um, in the state of Kansas. He's been a member of that, a Blue Ribbon Task Force member for teacher shortages. He's also been the KSHSAA Board of Directors and the KSHSAA 3A executive board member. And all those are, are in the state of Kansas. And now we got them over to the dark side here in Nebraska. So <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. So, hey, Rudy, uh, great to have you on board. And I really appreciate you coming in on the podcast today. How are you doing? I- I'm doing great, Jeff. It's always good to sit down and talk education with fellow administrators. I don't think we do it enough. Awesome. Well, hey, Rudy, um, we're going to jump right in here. Um, what is your story? How did you get into education? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because when I was in high school, you know, I think most people get into education because they had a good uh, experience in high school. And there was that one coach or teacher that that really took uh, uh, an interest in them and helped them reach their potential. And so that that's kind of where I was at. I was in a small school in Colorado. Um, um, so through high school, I, all I wanted to do was, was, was teach government, coach football, and coach baseball, love baseball and football, you know, went to high school, uh, thought I'd go to college that really didn't work out. So I decided I'd jump ship and I went, I joined the military. I was in the military for four years. I was in the air force, uh, my last, uh, thought I was going to be the air force, but I got detached to the army. So I was with the army for about a majority of, well, three and a half years of my, my time, but it was some great experiences met some great guys, did some really neat things. And it was, it was, a, it was a game changer for me. Um, and then I went to college. I, I had to, actually originally was attended to go to the university of Arizona. And my brother talked me into going to a little four-year college down in uh, Oklahoma by the name of Oklahoma Panhandle state. And if you ever been there, don't blink your eyes cause you're going to miss it. Uh, <laughs> but they do their claim to fame is national rodeo championship teams. It's a good place. It was a great experience for me. I was not your normal uh, college kid, uh, a lot older than most college kids. So I was able to uh, really uh, buddy up with a lot of the professors and do stuff with them. Um, I started, uh, I went from there, I went to grad school at uh, Oklahoma State University. I was getting my uh, uh, graduate degree in political science with the emphasis in public administration. Uh, While I was there, uh, they had a, a teacher fair and I met a guy from Highland Park High School in Topeka and he wanted me to come down and and, and teach for them. And it was a really weird thing because he contacted me like in December, January and said, uh, Hey, we really need you to come early. And I was going to graduate in that May. One of the teachers there got really sick. He had gotten agent orange as a Vietnam vet and, uh, he was not doing really well. The, the 
thing about that was this guy that I was going to take his place. When I was going to college, I was going with my brother to actually scout football games for him. So there was a connection, you know, it was kind of one of those things that happened. So I started there actually in the second semester of 93, uh, went there for about three years, went to Southwest Kansas for a couple of years. Then actually I was going to get out of education. I just, it was not my cup of tea and it really wasn't education's fault. There's probably some decisions I made. And so I was ready to get out. And actually what happens, I met, I met a wonderful lady and uh, she got me getting on the right path. Uh, uh, I don't, uh, to, and I think every guy could say this, I definitely outpunted my coverage. I don't know what she was thinking when she decided to date me. I don't know what she was thinking when she said yes. Uh, that's on that's on her. That's why I keep telling her, hey, that was your fault. You're the one that said yes. But uh, um, we went to go get, uh, uh, actually went to go get uh, jobs together. And we kind of could find this for her, this for me, really couldn't find anything. And and she's saying, I really think I need to be in Jetmore, Kansas. I said, all right. I said, I'll, I'll find a job. Well, my brother, who was an administrator at the time, said, you need to go be a principal. You would be a great principal. My sister-in-law the same way. You need to go do that. Don't get out of education. I wasn't sold. So I actually went and decided, well, this is June. We're out there. We're cutting wheat. And what my father-in-law, and he said, you need to go apply at Fort Hayes. All right. So I go ahead and apply, apply to Fort Hayes. I'm on the track. on the combine. My mother-in-law calls me, say, hey, there's a Dr. Stena from Fort Hayes calling you. You need to call him back immediately. All right. So I'm thinking I screwed up something on my application. Uh, calls me back. He goes, hey, I'm looking at your stuff. He goes, there's a there's a fellowship I think you would uh, would be uh, eligible for. You should apply for it, but you got to do it by today. So I went ahead, and I'm like, what the heck? So I, I said, send it to me. I send it out. Great thing is I got the fellowship. It paid for my graduate study. I did it in one year. It was awesome. Got done, and then you get that piece of paper, and you got to put it to work. So I went to work actually in the migrant program. That's probably a lot of people don't know. I worked for the migrant program out of Southwest Kansas. Did that for a while, and then uh, had one of the schools I was working for ask me to apply for their assistant principal AD job. I did do that, was able to get that job, uh, and stayed out there for about six years. And then after that, I applied for the high school principal's job in North Kansas uh, and was out there for 13 years. And that's where I ended up retiring from Kansas at, at Norton. And there was really, uh, really a, a, a great job. Uh, then I came out here to Arapahoe. It was close. My wife's still working until she retires. So that, that's kind of the story. You know, I've got about two more years, no more than four. And I think I'm hoping that we'll be uh, at the point where we can uh, enjoy retirement. Awesome. Well, you know, that was awesome to hear. There's a lot of things about you I didn't know. And um, we got to learn more about you for sure. Uh, well, there's a lot of things you, a lot of people don't know about me. We need to keep those in the closet. Yeah, we'll keep them. Yeah, there's some skeletons we both probably got to keep in our closets once in a while for sure. So as an educational leader, um, with all those different experiences, and you kind of took a non-traditional route into the field and uh, profession, honestly. And I, I'm kind of the same way. I took a little bit different route. I didn't become a teacher right away or an educator right away. I was uh, out working in factories and doing different types of jobs. And I was in the army as well. So I kind of understand that non-traditional route, especially finishing up school. Um, but what would you say is your, with all your experiences, your leadership style, you know, how, and how would that style, um, you know, fit your current leadership at your school? Well, you know, I think, I think we all develop our leadership styles based on people we work for, people we interact with. And I think, Probably my best experience were with leaders who had that servant style leadership. 
So that's kind of what I, I try to uh, take on that as my job is to support and provide resources for my staff so they can be the best teachers they can be for our kids. Because I really think that's important. That being said, you know, I did I did some accounting background and stuff and did some business stuff. So I do a lot of that, what they call management by walking around. I like to walk around the building and, and see things and point out things of something we could do better, or something we need to shore up or something they're doing really well. Uh, I think that's really important. So, again, just providing, you know, my job, again, like I tell my teachers, is to provide the best resources and support I can because that's what they need. Awesome. So you would say you're that that servant leadership and um, supportive and in, in, in all the different ways you can be with your leadership style. How do you feel like that has influenced your teachers, your staff, your students and your overall school climate? I, I think it's important because, uh, again, especially when it comes to the staff, uh, they know they have a voice and they know they can come in if they have suggestions or if they have concerns. Uh, same with my staff, same with my students. If, if they see something's going wrong, they could stop me anytime, anywhere. I'm always the walk and talk guy. Come on, let's go walk. Let's talk. We walk around the building. We talk about things. I think people are more relaxed when they're walking and talking rather than I'm sitting at the big desk and you're at the little chair. And, you know, that doesn't I think it's kind of maybe a little bit uh, uh, uncomfortable for some people. But I, I think the big thing is that leadership style gives people the feeling that they're valued. You know, they feel like they're valued. They feel like their voice is being heard. So it, we all, you know, they're in the trenches. You know, you know, as well as I do, Jeff, our teachers and our staff are in the trenches. I'm going to listen to their suggestions. I'm not in the classroom. I see what I see in the hallways at the lunchroom when I poke in for a short visit or whatever. I don't get to be with these kids every day, you know, for entire periods. So when they come with some suggestions, I'm going to listen to it. And I think that that's part of it. We, we have to, uh, be in this together. And I think part of that is in this, like I just told my staff today, sometimes as, as, as educators, when things start to get hectic and start to go bad, we circle our wagons, but then we shoot to the middle. You know, we, we're almost, we're at ourselves rather than circling the wagons and protecting each other. Sometimes we get to the point where we start pointing fingers at each other. And that's, that's not very, that's not very good. We need to start coming together and, especially nowadays, the way education is, you know, that we need to, we need to bind together and, and have a solid front. Awesome. Well, you know, with, you know, I kind of see that as well sometimes to where, you know, sometimes we, we do kind of uh, put, we probably hurt ourselves more um, than we do help ourselves once in a while. But I feel like, um, most people try to do their best to try to minimize that and try to have everybody work together. Cause you know, I agree with you. Um, if we're not working together, we're just going to, you know, tear each other apart if we don't um, get things, you know, in a direction that's all, all together and all in one. I know for, for us, we try to, I try to have kind of like a family environment as well. And I kind of like that idea of walking and talking with your staff um, kind of maybe put them at ease because, Sometimes when, when you do have them in your office, it might be more intimidating, but if you're walking and talking, like you said, it's more relaxed. And I thought that was a really good point that you brought up um, when you're dealing with staff members on that. With, with that said, um, you know, so, you know, as educational leaders, we're also building future educational leaders. So uh, what are some important skills um, someone must have to be successful as an educational leader and why? I think one, one of the biggest ones you got, you have to have empathy. You know, you have to have empathy for people. Uh, 
and understand this. I just had a talk with a young lady today and I said, you have to understand we as adults have bad days like you do as, as a student. You know, we have bad days and sometimes we say things we don't mean. Sometimes things come out of our mouth. And I think part of the, the maturation process is that we're able to, to know that we did the wrong thing and go back and, and apologize to that person, whether it be a student or a staff member, say, you know, I was wrong. You know, I shouldn't have said that. And that's the thing I think sometimes we miss out on. I think sometimes we, we think we always have to have the answers. We don't always have to have the answers, you know. So you look at empathy. You look at resourcefulness. you got to be able to understand, where well, can you find the answers? Because your teacher's going to come ask you. Your staff's going to come ask you questions. you got to have that. So with that resourcefulness, we talk about networking. You know, like we do at our, our principal's meeting. We talk about, you know, we give each other's uh, scenarios. And the, well, how, do you, how do you do this? How do you do that? That's very important because guess what? Nobody has all the answers. Nobody has all the answers. I don't care how long you've been in the game. You do not have all the answers. And then you go with that. you got to have communication. You've able to communicate with people. You have to be proactive. You know, you got you got to look ahead of time. You know, you got to see what's going to come down the road. And that, to me, is huge. Uh, so with that, and then finally, you need to have a vision. You need to be a visionary. you got to see what it could be. And then you've got to get people to see your vision. Once they see your vision – they can do that. I'm a big uh, proponent of the of the book, Good to Great. And basically, Good to Great, you know, you talk about being on a bus. You're the bus driver. You're leader. You're the leader. You have a vision. You're going down the road. And as you, you have people in your bus, and those are your people that are your staff. And, and you know, as, as you go down the road, you're going to pick people off. You're going to uh, you pick people up. You're going to drop people off. And so people are going to start to see your vision. Those people are going to stay on the bus. You're going to have to get rid of some people that that do not see your vision. And it's nothing. It's not a bad thing. You know, it's just that your vision and your goals do not match up. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But if you don't have buy in, then those people need to figure out or figure another place to be. Because once you have your staff together and I will tell you this, the staff I had at Northern Community High School was excellent. We came up with an MTSS process and we had buy in. Did we have 100% buy-in? No, but we have pretty close to 100% buy-in, and that helped us. And I tell you what, it was it was great because we worked together and we solved all the as many issues as we could in the school to make it better for kids. Because nowadays you have to make it a place that's inviting to kids, or you're, they're not going to give you 100% effort. Well, you know, you brought up a good point. Um, what you know, teacher buy-in and getting people to work together. And then I also thought it was really good that you talked about, um, you know, sometimes people don't don't um, match up with that vision. And sometimes and I think that's the hardest part. Sometimes you might have to have someone go somewhere else if, if they're not lining up with the vision or the goals of the, of the total school um, and to bring people together. So talk more about when you had that MTSS process, the process of getting them to buy in. What did that process look like for you guys? Well, it's kind of neat. We we had kind of a an advisor guy that came down. And he kind of helped us through the process. So the first thing we did is we 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 built a be, building leadership team, and then we went through there. And we had to we had to have a vision. What was our vision? Then we had to have our our pillar. You know what we what we were going to do. Then we had our pillars. Our three pillars were respect, responsibility, and engagement. Um, and then we decided what does that look like in the school, and what areas do we have problems or we would like to address. Because the reason we did behavior is because we had a lot of kids failing, but it wasn't because they didn't know how to do things. A lot of it was their behaviors in in the classroom. That's why they were failing. 
this was a this was a three year process, and it involved the whole staff. So we would go, we would come up with ideas as a building leadership team. We would present them to the whole staff, and we would come to a consensus. If we decided yes, that's where we're going to go, then whether it was a hundred hundred percent in 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 that way or just seventy percent, we all decided that's where we're going to go. And again, like I said, the process was 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 took a while, three years till it really got going. Uh, and then we did have to make changes. That's the great thing about the MTSS process. You can change it along the way. What we found out, we we learned a lot of things. We were focusing on the lower end kids. And so we were, it was likely uh, focused on the negative parts, like uh, the, the consequences of not doing the right things or the consequences of what we were neglecting. We were neglecting the kids that were doing the right things, come to school every day, doing their stuff. And so one of my seniors told me, she said, you know, Mr. Perez, what's in it for us? I said, what do you mean? She says, we come to school every day. You know, we, we're on time. We don't give the teacher a hard time. We do our homework. We do that. What's in it for us? She goes, what we're doing is you're seeing that m- more and more kids are giving less and less because there's no there's no really recognition for doing the right thing. So we added a piece. We added a recognition piece that basically said, if you do all the right things, there, there's there's uh, rewards for doing the right things. And I tell you, once we got that tied together, it was really good. It went really well. And then one of the other things we did is we taught the, I guess we taught the expectations. And so we would make videos, our teachers. And then one day, one of the kids came up and said, hey, Mr. Press, can we do a video for MTSS? I said, what, what do you mean? Well, you know, we, you know, we could take whatever you want to address and let us make the video. Jeff, I'm going to tell you what, those kids were outstanding. The videos they did were unbelievable, and they were directed to kids. So they got it. They they understood what we were trying to get. And I, I tell you what, it, it was it went really well. I went from probably three pages of kids with apps to maybe one page. We had like 10 or 12 kids ineligible to maybe just a couple. So there were some big successes that we saw. So that – I did. I thought that's probably one of the, the things I that we did as a staff when we did it. I didn't do it. The staff did it together. And that's once you get that buy in, everybody, you know, implement it with fidelity, man, great things can happen. Well, that's awesome. I mean, a lot of that, like that's something that we're struggling with a little bit too, because we have implemented that PBIS type system um, with our MTSS process. And our biggest thing is we don't want to just reward the kids that hey they you know we're we're concentrated on those negative things but try to concentrate on those positive things because there are those kids that do everything right and i know and you you were um you were there you saw that the little reward i did a little bowling party with my kids and so that was my way of thanking them for working hard um in some of the things that we're doing within the school and and they met certain cut scores to get that award so um you got to do those things to show the kids that you value their hard work, um, you know, and not, and you're not just trying to bring out, point out the negative things you're doing, but you're also trying to point out those positive things as well. Right. And that's great. That's why I asked you, Hey, wait a minute. What's that look like? I'm an old guy. I'm, I'm really old. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? I want to go see what you're doing. And that's why I was asking you, how do you do this? What do you do this for this and that? Cause Jeff, the thing I've learned in all my years, the two things you can give kids is time and food. Give them time and food. <laughs> They will do anything for you. Give them a little bit more time. Let them get out early or let them come to school a little bit later. 
feed them like you did the, the bowling thing. That was excellent. You know what? The kids were having a great time. Yeah. And th- and that was a lot of fun because um, those kids, you know, I mean, they did work hard. And so being able to recognize that was, was the best part. And I, I enjoy, that's probably one of my, the most enjoyable things I do as a building principal as well. So, oh, and I did like the fact that your students were doing little PSAs for you guys. I thought that was neat. On that end, <laughs> it's almost like you had your own little PSA for students going on there in Norton. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. as a as an educational leader, what would you say is the most important thing that you do to influence the education in your building? Because we all know that our building principles, the way they treat people and the way they behave, doesn't have influence on people. So how how do does those things that you do as an educational leader influence? the overall education at, at your school? Well, I would say, again, it goes back to supporting the staff and being approachable. You know, Jeff, there's days, and, and you know it, every principal knows it, there's days you go home, sometimes you you don't go home till 5, 6, 7 o'clock at night, and you're mentally exhausted. And I will tell you, this is the toughest time of the year. This springtime, the last, you know, getting to the last of the quarter, trying to keep your, 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 uh, staff and students positive, having them work hard, that's not easy. So that is very tough. And it is, I think it's very, it's very tasking on principals. And I think that's why a lot of times that networking and getting out together is so important because you, you've got to have that energy. If you don't have that energy, they'll feel it as well. Or, or if you don't feel like you're, you don't look like you're having a good time in school, the kids pick up on it, the teachers do. So to me, you know, that, that support, and being approachable and just, you know, being positive. You got to be positive. I know. Yeah. Sometimes you may not feel like it, but you got to go in there and fake it till you make it once in a while. (laughs) You know, we all have those days. (laughs) Uh, So as an educational leader, um, tell us about a moment you're most proud of. I know you probably have a lot of them, but what's the one that really sticks out? I, I don't know. I don't, I can't really say it's one thing, Jeff, I would say that, and I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm weird. Well, I am weird, but you know, um, I'm not that bad, buddy. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the thing is like, you know, the, I think the proudest moment for me is graduation, looking down and seeing your kids who you spent four years with and watching their growth and what they're going to do. And, and, uh, it's kind of funny. Cause like when you look down at them, they have that final look like, Oh my gosh, I got to grow up. High school's over. It's that Oh crap moment. And it's kind of, it makes me smirk, but you know what? That's to me, there's not one thing, you know, see being able to be and, and be with my kids when they graduate. Pretty awesome. You know, this will be the first time my, my daughter graduates this year from Norton. It's going to be the first time I'm not going to be involved in graduation. It's going to be weird. I don't know. Maybe I'll just go up there and take it over. I don't know. <laughs> I've done it a lot of times. Maybe they'll just let me do it. Yeah, maybe uh, they'll let you be like a guest principal for the day. There you go. Yeah, just I can do I'll give the speech. I'll talk about whatever they want me to talk about. There you go. Hey, I bet you it'll be a great speech for uh, sure. I, you know I enjoy talking, right? Oh, well, yeah. Have we met you? No. <laughs> we, we know. We know, Rudy. We know. Oh, gosh. You love it. With uh, future educational leaders, um, what piece of advice, you kind of touched on a little bit, 
what advice would you give to a future educational leader? Number one, network. You need a network. You need to reach out. You know, just not only to get answers, to be able to pick up the phone and call somebody if you're having a tough day or just to talk to somebody. Because you know what? They do say that as a principal, you do live on an island. And there's a lot of truth to that, Jeff. You do kind of live on an island. And it's tough, especially for your family. So being able to get yourself right before you go home, that's that's truly important. The other thing is seeing the big picture. You got to see the big picture. You can't just see how it affects one activity or one teacher or whatever, because the ripple effect, you got to be. And I think that's probably the thing I see a lot with young administrators is their inability to see the big picture. You've got to see the big picture. And it may not be, you're going to have to make decisions that may not be popular, but they're, they're, they're the best decision for the school as a whole. We know you're kind of winding down your career here a little bit. Um, so when it's all said and done, um, what do your what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, that's kind of tough. I, I I think I think I just want to be known as someone who took care of his staff, you know, personally and professionally, and cared about them, and helped students wherever they needed help, and was a positive influence for them. That's really all. That's it. Yeah, I know that. You know, for some people, that's hard to um, really picture and imagine you know how how do i want to be remembered because honestly we do this long enough we're going to affect a lot of people in our lives and their lives and and hopefully um, we can all just have that positive impact on on kids as well as our staff members for sure we know this is a hard job you know uh, people forget that you know even though we're principals we still have family we have lives at home and and we got to balance those things so um, how do you balance your work-life schedule, and then what do you like to do for fun? Well, Jeff, I don't, I don't know if I've mastered that yet. <laughs> uh, I will tell you, I, I've gotten better about it. I've gotten a lot better about it. I will tell you, my first administrative gig, I, I neglected my family. Now, I don't think there's a principal that doesn't do that, and that's that's you can't do that. You can't do that. When it's all said and done, you can always get another job. You don't want to have to try to build another family. That's, that's not good. I, I, that's probably, probably the thing I, I didn't, and maybe to this day, I still need to get better at. Uh, I try to do as much as that. Now I'm better now, uh, maybe cause I'm double dipping. Maybe that's why I'm getting better. <laughs> uh, you know, I just, just got to understand that, you know, it's not always about the job. It's the job is going to be there or not be there. You know, like they say, you know, if you were going to be, if you were going to die tomorrow, you're they're, they're going to fill your position the next day. So, you know, understanding that, you know what, things could be put off for the next day because, again, you may have another time to be with your family. So I, I think balancing that work thing is very important. There's things that I like to do, like just my wife and I like to spend a lot of time together. Um, of course, maybe she's usually I'm watching, you know, something on TV and she's probably reading. But, you know, just being in the same room is pretty good. So it it's hard. I don't know that any one administrator has this down to science. I just know I've never been able to. I wish I could. I'm, I think my my kids going and my kids, did, my kids did a great job. They did a great job being a principal's kid because that is not an easy job. And you know what? I guarantee there's a lot of stuff that happened they didn't let me know about. Probably because they'd known how to go, uh, turn into psycho dad. <laughs> but, um, you know, they were good kids. They, 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 they handled being a principal kid really well. They did a good job. 
with that work-life balance, what are the things you like to do for fun? So when you're not, you know, grinding in the office and, you know, um, what, what are those activities and things you do just to escape and get your mind right? We had this psychotic uh, football coach that came in when I was a sophomore, got us into lifting weights. So I, I like to lift weights, like to lift weights about three times a week. I do a lot of walking. I got a couple of dogs. I walk, a, try to walk them, you know, anywhere from four to five miles a day. And while I'm walking, I like listening to podcasts. You probably don't want to li- know what I listen to. It might, you know, change your view of me. Uh, that's all good. <laughs> a little bit of murder mystery, stuff like that. Uh, this is a lot of podcasts, but my wife and I like to camp. And uh, we also, I do a lot of motorcycle riding. That's to me is the, the best therapy I could have is jumping on my Harley and going for a ride. Awesome. Do you go to Sturgis? Uh, yeah, we usually go, Buddy and I usually go every other year. Cool. So we've been there quite a while. We, we have a friend, I have a friend that every year we go on a, on a, on a motorcycle ride. We hadn't done it for, well since COVID, uh, but we've been all over the place. We've been, we've been to Arkansas. We've been to the four corners of California. Colorado, we've been to, oh my gosh, New Mexico, we've been to the Tale of the Dragon, Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky. Uh, we've been everywhere. It, it's we we did an iron butt. We went 1,500 miles in 36 hours. We'll never do that again. Um, but uh this this one of these years, my plan is to uh just take about a month and I want to take my motorcycle and go visit some old military buddies. We, that we still keep in contact with. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I've learned a lot about you today. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, some things I knew and some things I didn't know. So, I mean, that's, that's always fun to um, learn new things about, about people. And um, oh, yeah. then that's kind of what this is about, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, we are educational leaders. We are people, um, you know, and we do, we do like to have fun. You know, even though people don't don't think we do, <laughs> we just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they think they think our fun is uh, sitting at the school, um, bossing people around all day. Sometimes, well, and, and that's fun. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I I used to, my son was a pretty good wrestler, and uh, they would always go to uh, Western uh, in Gunnison, and they do the the uh, summer camp out there. And I went one year. Uh, had some of the dads. We had a good time. You know, we were letting loose and stuff. And when the dad said, you know, you're so much more fun than a dad, as a dad, than you are a principal. I said, that's because I don't have to take care of your kids and be yelling at them. Tell them to, it's, I'm not in charge. I can relax when I'm not in charge. There you go. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, the cool part, even like when like Norton is a smaller community, Rappahoe is a smaller community. And, yeah. um, you know, people are going to get to know you on a, on a personal level as well as your professional level. And, and so it's always fun to be able to let people see the other side of you once in a while, Oh um, yeah, you know, so they know that you're not always what we call the enforcer is what people like to call me around here. <laughs> the enforcer. <laughs> Yeah, I get they probably call me different names. They're probably not enforcer, but yeah, well, that's one of my many nicknames. They probably call me a lot of other things too that we won't comment. But hey, uh, Rudy, it was great to have you um, on the podcast today. Um, I appreciate you um, really opening up and um, and being a part of this this process. And um, this is something you know for sure, um, you know that will help other people. Um, along the way. And, that, and that's our overall goal is to let other people know that, hey, you know, this is what educational leadership looks like. 
these are people that are actually practicing it. And, um, you know, you know, we all have our struggles um, in this job. And hopefully this this podcast could help somebody um, that is having some struggles or maybe give them some ideas um, on a situation that they are currently, um, you know, going through in their own own professional educational leadership um, as well. So uh, thanks again um, for coming on. And, um, you know, I appreciate uh, having you. And I appreciate it, Jeff. It's always been good to talk to you, you know, and and I think wherever you go, there's always good administrators and they want the best, what's best for their kids. You know, education right now is kind of scary, you know, with our teachers. And, and uh, I will tell you this right now, I've, I've had to build back more teachers uh, in the last two years than I have probably in the, since I've started education um, because they're being attacked. You know, they're being attacked. Yeah. Coaches are being attacked. And uh, you know what? Uh, teachers are in there. They're in there for the best. They they like kids. They want kids to succeed. And uh, I don't know. I don't know very many teachers that that dislike kids. I just I just they would be in here if they did. So yeah. uh, uh, hopefully we can turn that around and we get that old support back for our teachers, because I really do feel for them because they are they're battling. They're battling. It's been yeah. tough for them. Yeah, just like you said, they're the ones in the trenches. We're just trying to help them along and support them as they go, for sure. You got it, brother. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss out on the next new episode when it drops. You can also find me on Facebook at the Principal JL. You can also find me on Twitter at the principal jl also on tiktok at principal jl if you like to be a guest on the show and tell us about your experiences as an educational leader you can also email me at the.principal.jl at gmail.com well i hope you guys enjoy this episode until next time let's keep moving education forward <laughs>